one, two, three. This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles. Hey, that's a hell of a job coming down here being a good football team. Three-step drop, throws to the end zone. Caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Todd Bowles. Welcome into the Todd Bowles Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. So I guess we'll just start with talking about big picture takeaways now that you've had a few days to digest the game. Uh, big picture takeaways, we played hard. We just didn't play smart enough. I thought we made progress in certain areas to a degree, but you got to play four quarters. We understand that. We went back to the basics this week. Uh, Fundamentals are important, and, and we're losing games off a lack of technique and fundamentals in the second half where we have a brain fart here and there. So we went back to basics. And I, I imagine one of those areas you talked about maybe making some progress would be especially offensively early in the game to know that you get a, tur- a touchdown in the first quarter for the first time. There was a red zone score, explosive passing play, a third and one conversion, all the things that essentially I know had been the things you were saying that weren't happening enough all happened on that first drive. Did that feel in that moment like that was something that the adjustments you'd made had worked or what kind of led to starting the game specifically offensively better? It was a good start, you know, it was a good start officially because we haven't done that in a while, but we just have to sustain it on both sides of the ball, special teams as well. It's a bad start because we muffed the punt, but then they ended up going down and scoring and we had a lead. We just got to learn how to hold it. What did feel different offensively from start to finish in the game? Was it more about what you guys were or weren't doing or what they were doing to counteract? I think we started out very well. I thought we shot ourselves in the foot with a couple penalties and we were just a hair off here and there. I mean, I thought we had some plays to be made that we left out there that we're trying to focus on this week. And how about Brady's play? I know that he started out uh, six for seven, 104 yards, and then went one of six for minus two after that. And it, it felt like there were at least a few throws or plays where the either chemistry or communication was a little off between him and his wide receivers. What, what did it look like for his performance? And then did it, was that accurate of him and the wide receivers not quite being on the same page? Well, it's more than that. It's the offensive line as well. So everybody's going to be on the same page. It depends on how much pressure he's getting on some plays. He could have made some better throws. We could have had some better adjustments down the field and the offensive line could have blocked better. It's all inclusive as a group and we got to be clicking at the same time for four quarters. How did uh, having Julio Jones back affect the offense and what you guys were wanting to do and, and was this you know 100% Julio? What, what amount of Julio were we getting there and, and what did you see about what he means to the offense? I thought it was good enough for him to go out there. Obviously it wasn't 100, 100 but you know just having his presence out there brought some people up and he flashed some things and hopefully it gets better and better from there. What did you guys see that told you the things that he can contribute to this offense of when you originally brought him in and the hopes for that and then even if he's not at 100% the things that he can do moving forward to affect this offense? When we brought him in he was pretty healthy you know he was flying around he was running around he was the Julio of old you know injuries started catching up a little bit here and there and kind of nicked him up which slowed him down quite a bit. So we got to give him the time to heal. But at the same time, we have guys that can perform and make plays while he's not out there. 
What did you see from Mike Evans in his game where he had over 100 yards and it just feels like you blink and Mike ends up with that stat at times. What did you see from, from his performance and, and some of the um, things that you were most pleased with about it and then anything maybe that still wasn't quite to, up to the incredibly high standards that Mike sets for himself? You know what you're going to get out of Mike. You're going to get toughness. You're going to get some big plays. He can catch the ball in traffic. He's going to compete out there all the time. You know, he, he has that rough mentality where he's always going to fight and he's always going to get open. He's always going to make plays and he's always going to compete. So you kind of take that for granted if you're not looking at him consecutively because he does it every week. So you just want everybody else to come along with him. And I felt like I saw at least there was the one play where 23-yard gain to Mike, he's like wide open. And it felt like there were more plays this week and maybe even a little bit against Carolina where he, along with several of the receivers, felt more open even than they had been before. Does it feel like there's some more separation happening for some of the guys in recent games? At times. You know, it's coming together. It just has to be consistent. You know, it has to be consistent, and we got to have it consecutively, obviously not just a play here and there, and we all know that, and we're working towards that, and I think we're close. And how about the fact that he, you know, had the long catch in traffic, 51 yards, that's actually his longest reception since 2019. What did you see in terms of Mike's response to the play in Carolina that had not gone well, gone well, and the way that he responded in the sense of still making some pretty big contested catches in this game, what did that tell you about mentally the way he had come into this game? Mentally, he's outstanding. You know, Mike, every now and then, your great player is going to mess up one. You don't, you don't get to be great by making great plays all the time. You're going to have a lapse here and there. Mike, it was one pass that didn't char- charge anything, but this week he came back with a guy draped all over him. He made a big catch. Uh, his toughness, his catch radius is unbelievable. His eye-hand ratio as far as him catching the ball is unbelievable, and you kind of expect that from him. He's always open. And how about Chris Godwin? What did you see from his game? And I know specifically he had the 44-yard game that was thanks to a whole lot of yak. And uh, what did you see from that play specifically and then his game overall? So that he's close to being 100% and returning the full form. You know, him running after catch and catching in traffic and still going with the ball after that shows the strides he made since the season began. So hopefully that will continue to open up and it will open up our offense. What have you seen about how defenses have been playing him in terms of how much they seem to believe he's back to pre-injury Chris Godwin? You know, the way they're looking at and especially when you have Mike and Chris and Julio all out there together, what does it seem like that is going to do to defenses trying to face you guys? I think they're doubling him and Mike pretty much a lot more. they got to see how Julio fits in and where that fits in as to how they'll play him. But right now they're going with the bread and butter as far as Mike and Chris, but those guys still find ways to get open. I know you guys ended up finishing with 44 yards rushing. Uh, What led to that in terms of, we always talk about the idea of the situation of the game, what they're giving you guys, and then what you guys are executing. Those are kind of the three dynamics, it feels like, for what comes out of the way that you guys are producing. Which of those three things was maybe emphasizing most why you guys weren't able to get more of a rushing attack? Oh, we got to run it more. We ran it more early on in the game. The first two drives, we ran it well. We had 10 points after that. We kind of got away from it a little bit. We got to make sure we know where we are in the ball game and keep the flow of the game going quite easily. So I think from that standpoint, we can get better, but we got to execute when we do it as well. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. The offensive line, so for them, particularly now getting a chance to see Nick Leverett starting, what did you see from them as a unit 
as a whole and then him specifically? From Nick specifically, his toughness and his effort always pays off. He can be technically sound a little bit better, but his toughness always pays off. He comes to play. He likes to finish blocks. He's a breath of fresh air out there. He brings a lot of energy. And the offensive line is used to him from the summer, obviously, and them battling it out. He talks a lot. And they, they kind of get charged a little bit when they get him going. So that group out there hadn't dropped back much at all. And how about you now the decision to bring back wide receiver Tyler Johnson and then cornerback Ryan Smith to the practice squad? What were some of the decisions with that and um, what that can mean to have a guy coming back on the practice squad that has already been here and, and knows the system? For both of them, it's been pretty good because they've been in the system. And right now in the middle of the season, you don't have much time to teach people. So both of these guys are available. They can still play. Uh, Ryan's a great special teams player as well. Tyler plays all three positions, so you can kind of bring him in. He's the kind of catch-all utility guy, so if somebody else goes down, you don't mind having those guys available. Time of possession is one of those stats that can sometimes mean a lot and sometimes not mean as much. Um, I, it felt like this was a game where it did mean a lot, particularly to the way the defense was able to perform down the stretch. Uh, what led to such a discrepancy in time of possession, and then how much would you say it was – a factor or the factor in the defense getting worn down at the end? I don't think it was a factor. I think early on we got off the field on third downs. Later on we messed up a couple third downs that kept the drives going. A lot of those guys playing on defense with people hurt were also on special teams, so they were kind of wearing down a little bit, but we got to get the ball back. It doesn't have a discrepancy if you don't let it. We don't, we don't have that kind of excuse on defense. And then I know to start the game, the, the Ravens had negative rushing yards after the first quarter, but then finished with 231 yards rushing. What did you see in terms of what happened on our end defensively in those two stretches, but then also the way they changed their game plan and how that affected what you guys were doing? I don't think it changed much. I think they didn't run as much in the first half, but I thought we played well. I thought we misfit some things in the second half and we took some bad angles and the tackling was shoddy. We, we understand we got to get a lot better tackling. And in the first half, it was good. In the second half, it wasn't as much. Obviously, Lamar is a load to deal with. Anytime you face a running quarterback, he's going to account for some yards that you can't account for, but we shouldn't have given up that much. Vita ended up uh, getting a sack, which, to your point, Lamar Jackson, not an easy guy to, to bring to the ground. And uh, that gives Vita four and a half on the season, which leading the team and then also a new career high for him. Explain to us why this season has worked so well for him, actually getting to the quarterback and getting him down, and then just how impressive that is at his position to have the team leading him out of sacks. I think this season he came in shape better than he has in any other season. Avita's been working at it. He obviously he's been voted a captain because he's been doing so well, and I think he's taken that and ran. You know, it's kind of his time now. It's becoming his team on defense, and everybody's rallying around him. And then how about uh, Devin White? What did you see from his play? And we knew this was a, a, an important game for a position like his, particularly with Lamar Jackson and how much they all want to run. So what did you see, uh, good, bad, and in, in between from him in this game? The first three quarters, Devin was outstanding. I thought Devin, from a schematic standpoint, followed it to a T. His tackling was good. He's where he's supposed to be. He lined up and had two misfits in the fourth quarter. He had two misfits going right there just by alignment that helped him misfit, but we, we were good with Devin's game. And then Shaq Barrett, I feel like uh, definitely his best game of the year before he got hurt. Would, would you agree with that? 
Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Shaq, he got it rolling. He got it rolling pretty early, and it's a shame to lose him. He was the one true guy that can command a double team, so we got to do it by committee now. And, yeah, so what will that look like in, in your mind of the – you already said by committee. Um, is that already the guys – like, is it expecting more from a Joe tryon Inca? Is it just the guys that are going to have to actually step in for Shaq? How do you see that playing out? Depending on the game, it'll change schematically. It, it could be – Joe will be on the other side. It could be Nelson. It could be Carl. It could be Avery some. It could be one of the D linemen, depending on what kind of scheme we're playing or – it could change up completely, so it's going to have to be a field thing. But again, it'll be by committee. If we were just regular 3-4 and just going out there, it would probably be Nelson. Jamel Dean, a guy that even with you know a lot of injuries, both last year and this year in the secondary, been you know the best ability is availability. He has been that guy and then now got a, a big pass breakup in the end zone and, and leads the team in passes defensed. Um, what have you seen from him this game in particular, but all season really of – a guy that has stepped up in such a big way between injuries and then even before that to have won the starting job, leading in pass breakups. Uh, what, what have you seen about why this year feels like the, the year of Jamel Dean? I feel like mentally he's putting it together. He's always been in great shape physically, but <clears throat> understanding the game, understanding his strengths and his weaknesses and understanding how to use them in the ball game has really helped him this year. And He's kind of coming to his own. He studies a lot. Uh, he spent all offseason working hard. He came back in great shape, and it just transferred over. You know, it's, it finally transferred over all the way. He's playing with a lot of confidence. He's enjoying himself, and he's having fun. And then how about the other guys that were having to step in to play alongside him, the, the backups with all of the injuries, you know, guys like Dee Delaney and Zion McCollum, Keanu Neal. What did you see from those guys and the roles they were asked to do? I thought D did a good job, maybe about two plays, and he got thrown into there without a lot of reps. So D's a heady player. He's like a Swiss Army knife for us. He can play safety, he can play corner, he can play nickel, and he gives you everything he has when he's out there. Zion is going to be a very good corner. He has some lumps here or there, a lot less this week, but he still has to see certain things. And he's, the experience is helping him a great deal. We expect him to come into his own very soon. You know, and Keanu's been playing steady. He's been very steady. He's been steady Eddie back there. He knows where he's supposed to be and where he's got to be there. You know, him and Mike both a little nicked up, but those guys are tough, and they kind of tough it out for us. We talk about how tough a short week is going into a Thursday game, but then, of course, the nice part is you get a little mini-buy coming out of it. What are the ways that you and the rest of the coaching staff wanted to use this particular time for the team, this mini-buy, and what you wanted to accomplish now coming out of it? Obviously, we worked the weekend, going over a lot of tapes, seeing what we can do better as coaches first and see how we can put them in better position, seeing the things that we're lacking that we need to go back to, things that we need to hang our hat on that way and teach the players going forward and kind of streamline it when they came back. So we kind of worked diligently at that, doing self-scouting and everything else. So we figured out we have a good feel for what we want to do and how we want to approach the second half of the season essentially changes mid-season you you have the idea of your your staff your player personnel and your scheme and play calling those are kind of the the lump some things that can be changed how hard are each of those things to change how much can can you really change mid-season if you see as you guys are doing the self-scouting how hard can it be mid-season to make some of those changes well they're not wholesale changes they're just tweaks so it's not hard to make tweaks you know depend on who's playing and who can do what, those tweaks kind of apply to those certain people. 
and you kind of know what you're good at right now. So you try to focus in on those type of things and hone in on everything that you can do and cut down on the, the mistakes and make sure whether they happen repeatedly or whether they're coaching mistakes or anything else. And you try to hone in on those and make sure those don't happen. Because right now it just comes down to how well you can execute fundamentally and technically. And the other perk of having that kind of mini buy is hopefully getting some guys healthier. What would you say is, uh, we know now, you know, Shaq Barrett to IR, but otherwise, uh, any health updates or what do you know about who is and is not potentially going to be able to rejoin the team or be available again this weekend? Well, it's early right now, but hopefully you want to say, hope Hicks practices, practices this week and maybe Carlton and Sean get to practice and we'll see where Winfield is. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. Looking at this Rams game, knowing uh, how last season ended, do you feel like there is still the, the bad taste in the mouth from that game where it gives and a little extra oomph maybe to the team preparing for this little little seeking revenge on them? We're just trying to win a ball game. Whether it was the Rams or anybody else we are playing this week, we need to win a ball game for ourselves. We're not going to worry about how or who we play going into this weekend. We're going to try to win our ball game and do everything we can. Maybe for certain guys it'll come up, but we just lost three in a row. So then going back to that one is kind of a mute point. We're just trying to win a ball game to get to four and five and keep ourselves in the hunt. And we're focusing on that. Obviously, they have a good team. They have a lot of talent. They won the Super Bowl, you know, going into it. So it's, it's going to be a tough ball game because they have to win and we have to win. But we just have to worry about ourselves. And then looking at the Rams with or without Cooper Cup, no, not knowing exactly what the injury situation will be, um, what does he mean if he's out there? And what does it mean if he is not in terms of what you guys are having to focus on and prepare for when you know what a huge part of the offense for them he has been? Well, he's one of the best in the league, obviously. He, he has great stats. He plays hard. He blocks. He catches. He goes short. He goes deep. He does a lot of things for them. They have other guys coming back from injury. Obviously, Van came back. Uh, Jefferson came back. And they have Higby at tight end. And they still got Allen Robinson out at receiver. So they have some weapons that they can use with Stafford. So it's going to be tough. If he is out, because you don't know where the ball is going. <laughs> yeah. You know where the ball is going when <laughs> yeah. he plays, but you still can't stop it. So it's just as tough. But we're going to worry about the things that we can control. And we're worrying about the things we wanted to correct during the week in practice. And we want to see those get executed in the ball game. And how about facing a guy like Aaron Donald? It, it always feels like when people talk about going against him that everybody just kind of almost shrugs their shoulders of, of what are you going to do, that he's that kind of guy that no matter – what you game plan or do. So how much is it about just trying to stop him versus then does that put you out of position against a lot of other people? What are the big challenges to scheme against a guy like that? Well, you got to know where he is, definitely. you got, you got to know where he is. And it's hard because they have other talent over there as well. But he, he's, the, he's the guy that makes everything go. They have a guy on every level. But seeing him disrupting your backfield will be not very good for our team in the ball game. So we got to know where he is. And what is true about a Sean McVay coached team? What are the things that you know when you're facing him, what that will look like? You know, it's going to be precision. You know, they're going to be tough. They're going to be well coached. He's an excellent play caller. They're going to be tough on defense. And they're going to play sideline to sideline and use the entire field. And then finally, how about going against Matthew Stafford and uh, some of the most challenging things that he brings? Obviously, him playing in the league for a while, he's seen everything. You're not going to surprise him. We just have to make plays. You know, we got to try to get pressure on him when we can, and we got to try to make plays 
when he has time to throw down the field, we got to be closer to the receivers. Coach, as always, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. All right, we got plenty more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. Pressure coming up the gut. And Pescott goes down. He's sacked for the first time of the game. Devin White, linebacker blitz. Now more with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. I had head coach Todd Bowles with me in the first half, and now I am so excited to be joined by run game coordinator and defensive line coach Casey Rogers. Coach, thanks for being with me. Uh, thanks for having me, Casey. And uh, exciting to get to say that new title for the first time on our show here. So much to, to talk with you about that as well. Okay. And uh, I know we'll, we'll go ahead and start with this last game, as I'm sure as much as we would love to start with this last game, no maybe could, uh, would prefer to just uh, blow right by that one. But how, now that it's been a few days since the game, what are some of the big picture takeaways from your end of it that you guys feel like you've t- come away with? Well, you, we need to put four quarters together because as we look back at it and you review the game, the first half we were kind of rolling pretty well. Then when you look at the second half, actually really the first play of the second half, you give up an explosive play. It just lets you know in this league you got to put stack plays together and stack quarters together to get Ws and win games. Yeah, and – I know that um, while he's not te- technically part of your position group, losing Shaq, um, big part of the defense overall. No and doubt. Then, uh, what are the things that you feel like the the ripple effects of losing him that we know that there are certain off you know outside linebackers that will have to fill in, but how he affects the defense as a whole where even other position coaches like you guys are going to have to account for that? Well, when you're losing somebody like Shaq, you won a tremendous person, but you used a tremendous player from the standpoint of you're talking about an all-pro, pro-bowl caliber player, not just a starter that people stick in. You put, you put in an all-star caliber player that's productive and has big playability, so you lose a lot of intangibles losing one guy. You can, and most people say, well, the next man up, yeah, they get it, but that next man might not necessarily be an all-star caliber guy. Yeah. So, but we, but we feel very confident in the guys that will step up behind him. It's just what Shaq brought to the table in some ways is irreplaceable. Both with Shaq and just any injuries, which, of course, unfortunately there have been a few, um, how much do you go with the next man up mentality or how much do you then have to maybe change the scheme or change what you're asking guys to do when, as you put it, the next guy maybe just isn't capable of the same things. How do you guys as coaches handle something like that? Well, when you look at our scheme overall, first of all, we would ex- we, we would go with the next man up mentality because we feel like there's enough flexibility in our scheme that we'll take a guy and try to act- accentuate his talents, what he does well. Well, Shaq did this well. Well, the next guy up does this well, and we just tweak it to work around them. That's right. the thing we've been very fortunate to have a scheme with the flexibility that we can see what our guys can do and try to put them in in a place to be successful. I know how tough it is when the defense has to play a lot more minutes than than you'd like. In this last game, the the time of possession ended up 38 minutes to 21 minutes, and that's, you know, brutal when the guys are having to be out there that much, especially on a short week. What were the biggest factors in that discrepancy in, in the time out there on the field and and how significant did you feel like that was in terms of how the defense played 
later in the game? Well, from a defensive perspective, uh, you get an opportunity to get them off the field and three and out, and then you're over there drinking water. Yeah. See, we didn't do that, so we let them extend drives, and they were able to extend drives because they got the running game started. And once you get the running game started, the clock start moving, then they're able to wear you down more. So really we looked at it, it was a lot of self-inflicted wounds, whether it was a misfit, a missed tackle, a uh, mental error, something that happened that broke down a play They allowed them to keep drives going. So that's something we got to get fixed right Away. Has it felt like when it comes to mental errors or misfits, things like that, you know, a lot of these guys now have been in this system their whole career, or at least for a long time, there's been continuity on the coaching staff, continuity among the players. Does it feel like there have been more of those instances happening this year than recently, or does it feel like um, something you guys can pinpoint as to why this year in particular there have been maybe a few more mental lapses than you guys have would have liked or expected? Well, when you look at it, that's what we talk about. The NFL is any given Sunday. So, you know, one, you can throw records out the book when you kick off. So you never know whether, you know, the guy against you is a professional. He was a five-star player. They All teams have first-round draft choices. So, one, we got to do better at making plays when we're supposed to. But those guys on the other side get play, paid, too. And when you look at it, sometimes, sometimes we got blocked. Sometimes we didn't make the play when we were supposed to. So I don't see it just like more mental errors than in the past it's just now mistakes are being magnified mm. we're talking to run game coordinator and defensive line coach Casey Rogers um, you brought up the run game and I know after the first quarter the Ravens had negative rushing yards which <laughs> what a stat I mean as the run game there coordinator you you're, you were probably feeling there feeling you. it at that moment. tell of two halves yeah and and of all teams to even hold to that at, at some point that was pretty incredible and then how much was it after that, to go from negative rushing yards to them finishing with 231, what changed on our end? What changed on their end? What I mean, that's a dr pretty dramatic no, shift. <laughs> no doubt. They start making plays. The uh, get, My hat goes off to them. They made a couple of adjustments, and we didn't respond well after halftime. They came out. They were, you know, from the standpoint of we look where everything, first of all, I have to say on a short week, that's a very difficult team to prepare for because – they utilize their two-back in, in this league. Just now, you don't see a lot of two-back. So to go from really a walk-through practice for two days, then all of a sudden playing them with a elite quarterback who's like a glorified running back, that was difficult to prepare for. But the first half, I thought we did a really good job. But the second half, we allowed them to create some momentum. Then you throw in a missed tackle the way we were playing. If you miss a tackle or make a play for you know it, it was an explosive run, not a six or seven yard run, a 20 yard run, and then it snowballed from there. Yeah, and uh, how about, I know again, you are the, mainly the defensive line coach, but as the run game coordinator, um, what did you see from a guy like Devin White where we knew with his position and what he's asked to do against a team like the Ravens, that's, that's a tall order for a guy like him. Um, what did you see from his play this last game, and, and what are you guys talking about now this this next week with him? Well, as, as you look at it, we won. You're gonna have to put that one in the bed. Bed. I thought Todd did a good job with the team today. Tell them we're moving on. You know, first of all. But as you look at it, you know, one we ask a whole lot of Devin. If you look at it, going in, re looking at the game plan. One certain situations, he was the spy guy to kind of make sure we keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket. And then he had to do this. Then he had coverage responsibilities. We ask a whole lot of him, and he. He's more than capable of doing it, but that was a tall order, tall task. And then as our play number got up, our guys got wore down, but that's a lot of that self-inflicted because well, you had the, every opportunity to get off the field. Yeah, and, and you talked a little bit about Todd's message to the team. What did you feel like your role has been as a position coach 
um, to also have an effect on the mindset, the attitude of the guys. And for you, we, we know a little bit more about Coach Bowles' personality as a coach. Right. We don't always get to know as much about what position coaches are like right. in their rooms and with the guys. So what has your message been and, and how do you individually like to handle rough times like this in, in the stretch of the season? Well, and through the course of an NFL season, you're going to face some adversity. You know, we look back a couple of years ago, we finished the top in the league in a lot of categories, but we looked up, we were 5-5. Five and five. So the thing is, it's a long season. Go to the next week, take it one game at a time and keep improving, and then just kind of see where the ball bounces. You can, one, is where we are right now, we're in a one-game season. We can't worry about the next nine games we got this one and it's a big one in front of us so let's just kind of see if we can get on a roll stack some wins and see where we are at the end how does it feel similar or different to what you referenced in that super bowl season where it that was very much a pretty dramatic shift in in the success the team was having of feeling a little flailing you know midway through the season to going and just running the table um how similar or different does it feel to that in terms of how likely it is you guys could be able to make the changes to lead to something like that, to a repeat of that shift? Well, it, in this league, every week's changes, and I point, like to point out to them, you know, two years ago when I'm sitting there looking at when we were 5-5, five and five, I had no clue we were even going to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And then it's just we got to get hot at the right time and no better time than now. And, we, and, you know, as you look back on the three victories that we've earned, versus the five losses that we've earned those two. It's a lot of, to build on, you know, do this better, clean this up, but I still look at, I still haven't seen the best team performance yet. Mm -hmm. That's why there's hope that once we get on a roll a little bit and we can see where we have a dominant offensive performance matched with a dominant defense performance and a dominant special team performance, then you kind of have a better idea of what we have. Yeah, what you're capable of. and. Uh, I know Vita Vea, another sack for him, team leading four and a half, already new career high halfway right. through the season. Right. Um, it is incredible, that stat for his position. Um, and obviously it's it's already great even for him. You know, we know that he does a lot of things in his position a lot no of people doubt. don't do, but it, when it's a career high for him, right. what has been working so well for him in the specific getting the quarterback down this year as compared to others? Well, the thing is, schematically, we do some things that get him isolated one-on-one -on -one in the in the pass rush situation, and he's a very, very talented player, as we all know. So, And then when you mix in the other guys we have with Joe and Shaq, then, you know, if you look at it, Devin is a high sack guy for us. Winfield is a high sack for us with different angles from which, which we try to attack the quarterback create some opportunities for him. So mm -hmm. we're, but we're very proud of where Vita is at this standpoint. Yeah, what are some of the, the different things you feel like you've asked him to do this year, whether it be from a technique and, and gap standpoint? Um, that, that That is one of the positions that can be a, a little harder for us to see exactly right. what all he's being asked to do. So how different is it this year compared to some others for him or, or even since Akeem has gone down, maybe right. different things he's needed to do. Well, one, they he played a position that garnishes a lot of attention. We like to call it a lot of times four hands on him every play, not two, four. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's always getting constantly double teamed, which free up other people. You know, if they spend a lot of time on him, we got a chance to get somebody else running by to make a play. But from the scheme-wise, everything that he's done for us in the past, he's still doing now. It's just everybody get to see the effect because he's finishing the play on the sacks. And how, how would you compare this season 
to the rest of his career of maybe both on and off the field of, you know, now he's a little bit more of the elder statesman right. of the room as compared to having a guy like Sue, other people where he was the younger guy getting to learn. Right. Have you seen a difference in how he has approached things or what it's meant for his play on the field that now that he's been in this league a long time and, and knows what's being asked of him? It's funny, you know, I, when I got here, Vita was going into year two. So here was a guy that's still learning and still growing. And now to see the transformation for going into this season, one, voted a team captain. Two, to take ownership of that, especially like in our room. This, you know, you know, Vita, he's a jokester, this and that. But he's not overly vocal with everybody. So now you're asking him to be the leader of the room and, you know, get everybody in line, make sure we're all on the same page. And he is really flourishing well in the role. That's great. We have plenty more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with run game coordinator and defensive line coach Casey Rogers. Brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks insider Casey Phillips. Brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. I am joined by run game coordinator and defensive line coach Casey Rogers. Um, talking about the idea of Vita, it feels like so much of bringing in Akeem Hicks, the excitement was the two of them next to each other, what Akeem could do for Vita, because as you mentioned in the last segment, the four hands on him at all times. Right. It's got to be really tough for Vita day in and day out, play in and play out for that. And I'm sure the hope was you bring Akeem in, those hands got to go somewhere Somewhere else. else. No doubt. (laughs) Um, So before Akeem went out with injury, did you feel like you were seeing that happening? What was the potential that you saw for the two of them playing alongside each other? Well, you're still talking about two of the biggest inside guys. And then when you put Vita and Akeem out there together. So coming out of training camp, we were really looking for the opportunity for them to play a lot of ball together. But so far it hadn't materialized. But hopefully we'll get Akeem back here pretty soon. So hopefully we can kind of see what we were a pitcher in the offseason. Yeah, and what are the things that you are picturing specifically with Akeem that, again, as Bucks fans, you know, haven't gotten to see him play as much, what does he bring in terms of when you guys were excited to bring him in in the first place? When we were studying him in free agency, first of all, he brings a different temperament to the game. You know, most guys are physical, but his physicality far and exceeded what you expect. So he brings the right temperament. And, you know, he's kind of like Vita in a lot of ways. He's strong. He has enormous size, but he's also a good pass rusher. He's not a guy, most guys in this league, over 330 pounds on third down, they run off the field. Yeah. We got two that we're running onto the field on third down, so that is incredible, and that's something, when you look at the guards who are sitting, setting up right in front of the quarterback, we got two men that's going to put a lot of weight in their chests and push the pocket, give our athletic guys off the edge a chance to get there if they don't make the play, so it was a good problem to have. Yeah. Um, what are maybe the expectations when you get him back? Are you going to be trying to ease him back in? And, you know, how long before you feel like you could hopefully see, you know, the, the full potential of what you guys had pictured before the season? Well, as we go into this week, we'll kind of see where he is. And, you know, if he's able to go, we'll go with him. If he's able to go, what is that play count number? We won't know that until we see him move around in practice towards the end of the week. And we say, can he go? Maybe, yes, no. If he can go, what does that play number look like? Or does it look first and second down or is it just third down? So there's still a lot of questions to be answered that way. I know that Rakeem Nunez-Rochez has been the guy that's had to step in a lot in in light of losing Akeem. You know, definitely not one of the more known players on the team, but tell Bucks fans why, what he's meant to this defense so far in that role and 
also what he even brings at practice and meeting rooms that, you know, for people who aren't around the building and don't know how dang loud he is at all times. <laughs> you know, this is my 29th year of coaching 20th in this league, and he would rank in some of my all-time favorite players. Wow. Just the opportunity that I had to coach him because you've said a lot. He's not a household name, but let's think back to a couple of years ago when we had the ultimate success. We lost Vita yeah. early in Nacho came in and we didn't miss a beat. Mm -hmm. And then we got Vita back for the playoff run, but we didn't miss a beat yep. with Nacho. So we asked him to do a lot, and now we ask him to fill in for Akeem where Nacho plays on the nose, Akeem plays on the guard, so Nacho had to adjust mm -hmm. to a new position and has really been doing a really good job for us. So that's the thing is, and the thing about the guy, you know, you're in a league where a lot of guys are, you know, get paid a lot of money, this and that, greed, different things set in, but he has been a total team player. Whatever you need, Coach, that's all he says. You know, you need him, Nacho, we need you to go play cover three. Got it. Yeah. Nacho, we need you to go play free safety. Yeah, Got sure. it. Nacho, we need you at Mike Linebacker. Got it. Yeah. You know, that's what he said. The stuff that he brings to the room and the energy and excitement, he's the same guy every day. Yeah. That's the thing as a coach, you worry sometimes. Some players are really high, really low. You never know who walks through the door. He's the same guy, very consistent, same guy every day and out. And, and since my time here, he's been truly, truly a joy to coach. That's incredible. And he really is. I mean, my biggest impression of him is the fact that he, during practice, you can be 100 Never yards away. Share. Yeah, you're going to hear You are going to hear that man all the time. Right. What does that do for the team during practice over the course of the season, that kind of energy? How have you seen that affect the team as a whole? Well, when I first got into coaching, uh, I worked for Coach Parcells in, in Dallas, and he said something about player. When you evaluating players, I want the same guy every day. Mm -hmm. I don't want this guy that plays like a pro bowler this week, disappears, look like a free agent next week. He is the same guy every day, and everybody expected. So when we go to the game, you know he's going to do his, so mm -hmm. make sure. So he brings out, and, you know, I can't be I can't see everything that's happening through to my position throughout the course of the game, but those guys lean on each other. Hey, you need to pick that up or hey, good job. You know, they yeah. are constantly watching each other and and he's uh he is a leader without a C on his chest. That is really cool. We're talking to run game coordinator and defensive line coach Casey Rogers. Um Another guy that to me, in my opinion, is maybe one of the most underrated guys on the team is Will Golston. <laughs> I, yeah, that reaction, perfect. I, it shows that I'm not off base on that. I, it is crazy to realize he has now played more games at defensive line for the Buccaneers than any other player in franchise history, past Warren Sapp lately. Um, to see his longevity here under so many different regimes, different schemes, being asked to do different things, why is he the guy that just, it doesn't matter what you're wanting out of a defensive lineman, he somehow is the guy that can make that happen well you know him and nacho are really twin brothers in my because they both do the same roles they do everything you ask them team players just want to help the team win they tough they hard working but the thing people don't realize about will because in the past you know you had sue here you had vita here we had different guys that everybody was writing articles on but the other guy that was in there was will Gosen. you didn't write articles about him but it's, uh, it's like everybody say, football is the ultimate team sport, and he did his job, and he did it well. If I'm not mistaken, and this one, I didn't realize this until after the season, 
when we finished the season last year, Will Ghoston led the team in quarterback hits. But see, nobody said that. But, but, yeah. but I'm just saying the stuff that he does is just, if I give you another one, coming into this season, I had coached 49 regular season games here with the Bucks. Will Ghoston ran out there 49 straight times. Wow. Which, you know, playing a position that's physical, guys that's get tough. beat up. I coached 40 season, 49 regular season games. Will Ghoston ran out there 49 regular season games. And that's not, Vita didn't do that. Yeah. This didn't do that. So, you know, even if you look now, Akeem hasn't done this. You know, yeah. guys get banged up because yeah. they play the most physical position on the field. And it says a lot about him, what he does for his body to get out there every week and answer the bell. It's incredible. And one of the things we've heard he's done to try to just be the best he can be and ready is uh, jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me when you learned uh, that this was something he was doing, what your thoughts were, and have you did you notice that it helped him in, in the way that he was playing out there? Well, first of all, when I look at him, I didn't think he could spell jujitsu. So <laughs> that's, that's We still don't issue. technically they, know that he can. They, we haven't asked but him. But <laughs> it just goes into kind of what they say. When you say Will and Nacho to the Buccaneer fans out there, those are two guys that every team needs them because everybody, you don't have, everybody's not a superstar. Everybody's not a, but everybody has a role. And these two guys personify that. From the tough, from fun, from hard workers, two to being team guys ultimately. Because it's another guy that if you watch us throughout the course of the playing, when we're in base defense, Will runs out there. Mm. But when we go to third down, you see Will runs off the field. Now, we all understand the economics. When you want to get big money and free agents and this and that, you need sack production. Well, you get usually get sacks on third down. And he's running off the field. So that's counterproductive from his thing. Never says a word. Wow. And if we happen to need him, he knows what to do and go out and do his high job. So that's what I said. Those two guys have made coaching here really easy for me. That's amazing. Well, we have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with run game coordinator and defensive line coach Casey Rogers, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles now continues, brought to you by Advent Health. It's time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access with run game coordinator and defensive line coach Casey Rogers. Um, let's talk a little bit about Logan Hall, the, the rookie this year. Tell me your thoughts when you guys were getting ready to draft him and, and what made you excited to have him come into your room coming out of college. Well, when you had an offseason going into, you evaluate guys you could lose in free agency where you were lacking the different kind of uh, – athletic traits you wanted to add to the room. And we're going into the offseason, we felt like we wanted to get younger because we had a lot of older, older guys playing up front. So you wanted some youth, but you didn't want to lose your side. But we wanted to increase the athleticism and some add, and continue to add to the interior pass rush. And then when we uh, Logan name came up and we evaluated, he kind of checked a lot of the boxes. Here's the young man, 6'5", 295 pounds plus, and it's still – very, very underdeveloped in so many ways, been a young player. Uh, but he had the pass rushers. You know, you guy could win a pass rush and had enough what we would call position flex because so far this year we used him outside, inside. So we move him around and try to create mismatches with him. And so far he's really, really a lot. I still believe his best football is still ahead of him, but he has been – everything we thought it would be coming in. And, you know, I think the guy has a tremendous future. The thing, he just has to get a lot stronger. But he's able to 
be something where we, when you talked earlier in the last segment about Nacho and Will and Vita, those big, strong, powerful guys. Well, Logan is going to help us with more athleticism than strength and power. So mm-hmm. it was something, he brought something to the table we didn't have. Yeah, that makes sense. And for you, your role this year is we've added the, the run game coordinator title once Coach Bowles got promoted to head coach. Um, what has that tangibly looked like in terms of what's different for you this year as compared to years before? You know, really as we look at it, because we kept everything status quo, you know, each week, you know, going into a game as prepare, I was going to do the run game and I'm still, you know what I'm saying? So really our roles didn't really change as much. We wanted to keep everything with the continuity, the way we call things, the comfort level of the players. It's really had an imagine and I'd really forgot about it till you mentioned it right there because it's, it's still my job to kind of make sure we have a good plan going into the run game we have a good plan going into the rush you know we just kind of go from there so from that standpoint nothing's really changed. not that not that different um no. we're talking to run game coordinator and defensive line coach Casey Rogers um now going into this next week uh the we know the Rams um also struggling in their run game um but what are the things that you guys feel like are the the biggest things you're going to be watching out for there and how to make sure that maybe even knowing they've been struggling in the run game, why that is and how to keep that happening for them? (laughs) Well, one, we know if we've seen this year, it only takes one play. Now they only, they're not struggling if they go 75 yards and now they rush for 150. They're not struggling anymore. So (laughs) the key is really going into this. As I just started watching them is worry about us, but we got to fix us. You know what I'm saying? If we fix everything that, we're falling short on right now everything else will take care of itself it's really about us making sure we're gap sound make sure technically and fundamentally we're where we should be our tackling is on port and we give the effort that they've been doing and now we got to make some plays and i know you will not be personally responsible for going against aaron donald which i'm sure you're probably very happy about Um, uh, tell me as a defensive line coach when you watch a guy like him what goes through your mind and the things that we, we've all heard how good he is. Tell us from your perspective why that is. Well, the thing is, the guy is super talented and a true professional. And the thing you see when you start looking, he I would say he overcame a lot of obstacles because when you look at him and the stuff he's able to do in this league, you definitely wouldn't say he's prototypical. He's not 6'5", 3'10". He's, would you definitely characterize him as undersized, but he plays with such power and strength. He has uh, leverage. His motor runs. He can win one-on-one. He's disruptive. He plays physical. And the thing that impress you is each week, you know, teams are going in game planning against him. He's going to get a double team or where Vita gets four hands, he's getting six hands, yeah. you know. So he people are always going to know where he but he's still productive, and you know. And he's another guy that, you know, as you look at it, he doesn't miss a lot of games, you know what I'm saying. So And you know what he's facing week in and week out. So being a D-line coach and like watching defensive linemen, he's a he's the epitome of what you want. What has this time frame been like for you guys as coaches in the preparation standpoint of you had a short week and then you'll have an, another game, but then you're also going to be leaving for Germany. Right. Um, how has it changed the, the workflow of what you guys have been doing at this point in the season and, and what are the challenges of these things being kind of close together. Well, you know, we've definitely faced some challenges, especially like we talked earlier about playing Baltimore on a short week, which was a one, their scheme is a, was mm-hmm. difficult to prepare. You would definitely like to have a full week to prepare for them. Then you look playing the Rams. The only good thing about playing them, we've had some um, common opponent. You know, right. we've played them 
three times. We played them like every year I've been here. So, and then their coaching staff pretty much stayed intact. So from a schematic standpoint, they kind of do what they do. You know, we have some familiarity. Uh, Then you got to think about this one. Then, you know, you will be leaving for Germany, what, next Thursday after, you know. Man, that uh, poses its own challenges. But right now we can't even look that (laughs) far. We just got to figure out what to deal with the Rams. And so for you, what is the biggest thing that, you look ahead of this Rams game and you say, I want to see X, Y, Z from my guys, from the run game, from individual people. What are the things that after these last three games are the biggest priorities for you guys right now? One, just to show overall improvement. You know, throughout the course of the year, you want to see your guys getting better. You were almost really right at the halfway mark, and you really want to see them start taking this next stride, this and that. And it's a long season, you know what I'm saying? So as we look at that from that standpoint, let's see if us try to get better every week. And one from my position, I want to start to make more plays. And really now, for as a defense, I think, you know, one, we want to put together a complete game and we're at our best when we're being disruptive and taking the ball away so that's what we have to get back to absolutely well coach thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us when i know things are really crazy right now and uh good luck this next week against the rams Uh, thanks so much casey thank you all right and thanks to all of you guys for being here with us this has been buccaneers total access with head coach todd bowles and run game coordinator and defensive line coach casey rogers brought to you by advent health this is buccaneers radio